You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast, a radio.com sports original. Welcome to the latest edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. We have reached week 17, and we could not be more fired up to get you guys ready for the final games of the regular season and obviously uh, take a look towards the future and the playoffs as well. I am Jason Lockenfora at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter, and I have the pleasure to be joined by my main, my main man, Brian Baldinger, at Baldy NFL. Uh, Please, guys, um, it's never too late. Rate, review, subscribe to Baldy's Breakdowns wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Radio.com app, wherever. We always love to hear from you, and I always love to start my Wednesdays with Baldy. Man, we're coming up on 256 games in 17 weeks, Baldy, and uh, I can already smell the playoffs. I can too. And, you know, there's still so much to be determined here, Jason, because of a lot of things that happened last week, you know, whether it was the Rams not being able to score a touchdown or, you know, the Washington football team, you know, having to bench, you know, their starting quarterback just, just because he was just so inept or watching the, you know, the emergence of Zeke last week for the first time in, you know, almost all year and the Cowboys are alive. And so there's just so much at stake here. Going, I can't remember a year where there's been really so much to be determined. And we may have a team, Jason, this year for only the third time in NFL history that is 11 and 5 and doesn't qualify for the playoffs in the yeah. AFC. So there's a lot to talk about, and we could get started just about anywhere. But I was in Baltimore this weekend. They're one of those teams that could be 11 and 5, Jason, yeah. that might not make it. And it would be a crying shame because I think they're the best team right now. Um, they, they might legitimately be able to run, like really run, old school run, to a title. And what they did to the Giants just showed you, because the Giants are a, an accomplished run defense, but when they run for 250 yards against them and the Giants have no idea how to stop it, it just goes to show you what Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson and you know Bozeman and Zeus and those guys up front are doing. The rest of the league should be on notice that the Ravens, forget about what happened in the postseason last year. I, I think they're the team to beat right now if they get in. Well, Baldy, and we will start in the AFC right there. The amazing thing to me is I I, I crunched the numbers 
as much as we think about last year, they revolutionized the league and Lamar's the MVP and Ingram's in the Pro Bowl and half the offensive line's in the Pro Bowl. This four-game stretch right now is better than any four-game stretch running the football they had at any point last yep. season. Baldy, the last four weeks, 146 carries, 933 yards, 6.4 yards, 6.4 yards per attempt over a four-game stretch, Uh, 55 rushing first downs, 38% of all runs out of these 146 have gone for a first down. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, they don't don't even get the third down, Jason. No. I mean, the Giants put all their big horses up front, you know, Leonard Williams and, you know, I mean, Dexter Lawrence, the whole group, it didn't make any difference. I mean, their misdirection, their power – and the way that they're doing it right now, I mean, honestly, your eyes, if you're a linebacker or you're an outside linebacker, you don't know where the ball is going. And and then, you know, they hit you right in the mouth. Um, you know, when when you're a little bit hesitant, they just knock you right in the mouth and they're knocking you off the ball. And so that was a great test for the Ravens last week. You know, we know that the kicking game is as good as there is in the NFL. Defensively, I mean, they played with a bunch of defensive backs. Of Tremont, Tremont Williams is back there. Didn't make a difference. Wink and blitz with the best of them. Um, they were unmerciful getting after Daniel Jones. Um, you know, just, I mean, they hit him just about every time he threw in the second half. Uh, they get a lead, uh, forget it. They're just yeah. going to. So, anyways, they're, they're, they're fun to watch. Um, and, and they're, you know, they're, they're on pace here if they could get there. You know, I mean, watch, you know, just watching Ben in the second half come back. Ooh, to crazy. That Steeler season. I mean, he was 23 or 29 for 250 and three touchdowns. And the Colts, who had played good defense, for much of the season, seemed helpless to stop any throw that he made. Uh, he couldn't be wrong the other day. And he he just looked like he found the fountain of youth in the second half. And uh, all the things that he – and all the, the yips that the receivers had, they stopped having. Uh, Deontay Johnson and, and the whole group. So Chase Claypool, I mean, they caught everything they threw. And there they are, Steelers win, you know, win the division with that second-half comeback. Well, Baldy, though, I, I have some questions. Like – a, how sustainable is it? B, I understand Tomlin doing what he's doing, airmailing most of his team to the playoffs and not risking anything in Week 17. But the reality is they played one really good half of football, yep. offense and defense, together since Thanksgiving. Yep. And to think that they're going to take a week off, put the band back together, and then maybe have to face a really physical Ravens team in a 6-3 matchup, um, a team that ran it for 256 on them in the first meeting, didn't have Lamar or, or Dobbins or any of those guys for the second meeting and still almost beat them with Trace McSorley. I don't know how that's going to work out for the Steelers. Well, I mean, all you could do is, you know, all you could do is rest up, you know, and, you know, get Marquise Pouncey and Ben and, you know, some of the older guys in that group as much rest as you can right now. And, uh, you know, and then just, you know, it's a one game season. And, and so, you know, and see what they can do. Uh, I mean, that I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I don't think that they're going to be a real player in the postseason um, because they just they just don't know how to run the ball and they're just not good at it. Um, and so I don't think that they're just going to magically create a run game, you know, in January right now to, to really be able to help out the offense, help out the defense. But that it's, it's going to be a one-game season when they get to January. Well, and Baldy on the other side of the uh, on the other sideline in that game was another aging quarterback, Philip Rivers. Um, he had a couple of turnovers that were critical in the game. 
uh, football's a young man game, a young man's game. I feel like I've been writing this column for five or six years now, and especially at the quarterback position. Well, when I when know, I watch, I'm sorry, when I watch Ben and Rivers, and I mean Brady's still getting it done, but he he can't move. Matt Ryan's not very mobile. He looks like he's 35 going on 45. The speed well, with which these other guys is, play. I mean, what we're watching is the death of the pocket quarterback. I mean, it's over. The, the whole. I mean, going from Johnny Unitas to Dan Marino to the Mannings to watching Philip Rivers. I mean, if he has to move three feet, it's painful to watch right now. Um, you know, and it's, it's the same for Brady and, and really Breeze. Um, and I, I'm not putting a, you know, they're going to play out the season. But you're just not, first of all, the NFL can only take what the college game gives you. So they're not giving yeah. you those guys. But to watch Justin Herbert, you know, and Josh Allen play, and, you know, and, you know, and, and what Mahomes could do. I mean, you're just looking at that era. Like, the, the pocket quarterback era is over. And so offenses are now going to be really redesigned. It has to be redesigned to watch Jalen Hurts and, you know, even watch Andy Dalton play right now. I mean, that group, and it's it's all of them. I mean, it's, it's just simply over right now. And I don't think we'll ever see another great pocket quarterback again. I, I don't think it's going to happen. No, I'm I'm with you, and and man, Herbert is is really something to watch. And, and I mean, the if, if the Chargers do it right, yeah, and it, it's it's questionable what they do, but if they do anything what like what Buffalo is doing, um, you know, they're they're going to be competing with Kansas City by next season, uh, if they do it right. I mean, Ryan Dable, they've won three in a row with the Chargers, and I know we're not going to spend a lot of time with the Chargers, but I mean, that guy gives you a chance every single Sunday. I mean, he's really a phenomenal player. Yeah, it, it would be interesting if I, I, all things being equal right now, as we talk, I, I think they're inclined to keeping Anthony Lynn. But boy, you could go get Brian Dable if you wanted to. He went to high school with Tom Telesco, the Chargers GM. Wow, um, good connection right there. Yeah, might be, might be something yeah. they want to at least think about doing. Um, Baldy, one other thing in the AFC before we, we switch. Um, the New York football jets grinding out another win, uh, obviously one that could have massive consequences for the Cleveland Browns. Um, I know there's a running back there who you've been a fan of for a long time, who um, if, if this is, if this is the end, what a career. Well, you know, Frank Gore, his final run on Sunday against Cleveland went for four yards. It got him to 16,000 yards. You know, there's only Emmett in sweetness that have done 16,000 yards. And, you know, 16,000 yards in 16 seasons. And there's not a team that he's ever played on where he wasn't part of the heart and soul of that team. Um, I've trained I, I trained one day with Frank Gore. Um, my foot still has never been the same, uh, you know, after running hills with Frank Gore. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if he'll be re-signed anywhere next year. He's not going to play Sunday uh, in the finale. Uh, but you got to take your hats off to what everywhere he's been and how he's contributed to this game. He's been a real, you know, just a hallmark player um, everywhere he's been. Well, we're going to stick with this ground and pound theme because, hey, it, it we are on the other side of Christmas, and it's a throwing league now, but you got to be able to move the rock on the ground at least a little bit. Um, weird stuff going on in the NFC least. Uh, that's going to come down to the end. The Cowboys suddenly seem to be, I guess, maybe the hot team, the it team in that division. Uh, there's been a lot of clamoring for Pollard to get the ball more, and I, trust me, I am among them. 
uh, it sounds like Zeke got the message. He he took a week off, came back, and looked like Zeke again. For the first time all year, I thought. I mean, I thought he looked explosive. I thought he looked quick. Uh, he just played faster. I mean, he, he, he looked like Zeke. He had, you know, he had the 39-yard run in the fourth quarter, and he hadn't had anything like that all year. Uh, but that's what he used to give you in 2016 and 2017, um, you know, when he was winning rushing titles and whatnot. I mean, he'd give you that fourth quarter run, and he'd just pop it, and he gave it to him. And the Cowboys have got three wins in a row, and, um, you know, he was a big part of it. And if they, you know, look, it's a rebuilt offensive line and a bunch of free agents up there and Terrence Steele and Brandon Knight and all the guys, uh, you know, he, he, he looked like Zeke. And, you know, if he looks like that uh, this weekend against the Giants uh, and they win and they get a little help from the Eagles – I mean, there's your NFC East champion. Yeah, it is absolutely bonkers, but it's only fitting that that division does uh, end up end up going down to the end, and it certainly will with that Sunday night game. is going to matter one way or the other. Baldy, as we speak right now, I would be inclined to say, as long as there are no setbacks, Alex Smith likely, likely starts that game for the Washington football team, but they won't know until he gets through warm-ups for sure. We know that Dwayne Haskins, who was never going to be there in 2021, now won't even be on the sidelines holding a clipboard for that game. And and they did turn it over to, to uh, Heineke last week, and he ran around, made some plays, and and, and certainly looked um, better than Haskins did. What's your take on this whole wacky quarterback saga in Washington? Well, I, I, I said this week, well, I, I did the, the Washington-Seattle game two weeks ago, Jason, and I was I was proponent. I know Taylor Heineke. I did an old Dominion game. I I know he's been with Scott Turner and Ron, uh, you know Ron Rivera in Carolina. I know that they know what he can and cannot do. And I was proponent of benching Haskins at halftime of the Seattle game. And when he got benched in the fourth quarter, my only comment to you know to Ron Rivera was why Why'd you wait so long? Because defensively, it's just a matter of time before they're going to take the ball away. They got robbed on a you know a forced fumble by. My man Cameron Curl and you know a touchdown run um, that could have really tightened that game. Bogus up. call, yeah. Game. You know, I mean, but you know those things happen. I mean, but defensively, Chase Young, Cameron Curl, uh, Deron Payne. I mean, to get you know Cole Holcomb back. I mean, they're they're going to take the ball away. They're they're going to pop it loose. They just are. They're just they're just too talented. And I, I feel like Haskins. You know, I'm I'm not a fan at all. I don't think obviously after being released, nobody else is picking up. Nobody else is either. Uh, you know, if that and you know, if, if Alex Smith does or not does not go, or you know, I mean, I feel like that might have cost him because defensively, I feel like you're wasting a really good defensive performance by this group. But look, they they they've got a chance here. They got a chance. I mean, I I think you know if Alex can go, he knows how to he knows what to do. Dink and dunk. Um, you, you know, they'll dink and dunk all day long. And, you know, as long as they don't turn it over, the defense will keep them in the game uh, this weekend. So um, they, they've had Philadelphia's number. Yeah. Um, you know, Philadelphia is, is a lot. Who knows, dude, a, right? Who knows? They could have played a worse game than they did in Dallas. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of changes coming in Philadelphia. Might be the last time you see, you know, a whole bunch of people yeah. uh, on that sideline in Philadelphia on Sunday. Yeah, the super disappointing season for those guys, given how bad this division has turned out to be from beginning to end. Baldy, we know they always want to run the football in the NFC North. 
the Norris division, uh, even in uh, the the best of times, run, run, run. The Bears, the only team that's rushed more rushing attempts uh, than the Chicago Bears the last four weeks are the Baltimore Ravens. They've obviously got it going now on the ground. They've 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 unlocked uh, really what, what what looks like now an explosive run game. It has put Mitch Trubisky in position to succeed. It has saved their season, and they now have legitimate playoff hopes in Week 17. You study the O line like nobody else. What do you see? That's really kind of fueled yeah. this turnaround on the ground. I, you know, I'm, 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 I've been longtime friends with Juan Castillo, their offensive line coach. I, I'm, I know how Juan coaches. He's been in this uh, one of the third floor NFL films here, Jason. He's been in this office many a times. Mm-hmm. His kids have been up here uh, studying film. I mean, they they put this Alex Bars in at right guard. They played him at center. They played him at right tack, tackle. You know, about week nine, they put him at right guard. And really, since he got in there, I mean, he's a Notre Dame guy, five-year college player. Ripped up both knees when he was in college. He's a good football player. He, he looks like a bear offensive lineman. He's a mauler, Jason. You put him, Mustafer, and Cody Whitehair is a solid player. Like the interior of that line just got better, you know. And and I always believed in David Montgomery um, since he came out of high school in Cincinnati, and I was around him with Matt Campbell at Iowa State. I believe in that kid. I know he's not a burner, but he's a contact back. He's hard to get off his feet. He's tough as can be. Like, they can move the line of scrimmage right now. They've really come together. And with that, you know, it, they've kind of gone to this sort of canon camera offense where it's just point and shoot for yep. Mitch. Yeah. He's pretty good at it. They got a real number one in Allen Robinson yeah. that can win. Um, this Darnell Mooney has been, a, you know, just a good rookie that out of Tulane that's really come on. The tight ends. I mean, who thought Jimmy Graham could catch eight touchdown passes? in a season again after what he did in Green Bay and how things tailed off for him. I mean, they're a legit offense. And really, I've been texting one, you know, all week. But, you know, what you if you're a Bear fan and you're watching that dreadful offense for three-quarters of the season, Jason, to think that you could go up against your arch rival, the Green Bay Packers at Soldier Field this weekend, for a trip to the postseason, you couldn't ask for anything more. Maybe you really can't. Yeah. And who knows what the weather's going to be like in Soldier Field. I haven't looked ahead, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, the defense has responded since the offense woke up about a month ago against Detroit. Um, they're putting a thirty, you know, a thirty burger or more up every week right now. Um, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, this this is this is for a chance to get to the postseason. I think you'll see the best of the Bears. Well, it'll be interesting, Baldy. Um, and I was going to talk about the ask you about the Packers run game next this will be an interesting game how Green Bay plays it how all out they go to try to get the one if they're scoreboard watching and that affects anything they do from a personnel standpoint in the second half of the game but you know they went in not at full strength Sunday night and look the Titans defense is not very good but Green Bay absolutely manhandled them again A.J. Dillon big boy Getting it done. Green Bay the last four weeks, Baldy, running for 177 yards per game. You know, Jamal Williams had been rotating with uh, Aaron Jones all year. And it's been a good one-two combination. But, you know, Jamal Williams wasn't active last week, and they put A.J. Dillon in. And, you know, on that snow-covered field and those conditions up there at Lambeau, he he was the perfect bromide for that team. I mean, he's a straight-ahead power runner. 
They got their starting center back, Corey Lindsley. They got Jenkins back at left guard. They got their starting offensive line back for the first time, and I don't know how long, it's, since Lindsley went out. And so when you watch them, they were they were really powerful. And Dylan, I mean, he, he took it over. He finished the game out for him, and he punished uh, Tennessee, just punished them. And you could see how having a guy like that on in conditions where it's just not now you can, there's, there are, there are no conditions where Aaron Rodgers can't complete right. a pass to Devontae Adams. I mean, it, right. it could be in a tornado. They're going to complete passes to each other, but you know, it's great to have a snowplow in the backfield with that kind of talent and that kind of power and a full strength offensive line. And if I was green Bay, I'd do everything I could to get the number one pick or the number one seed and have everything go through Lambeau field. And because I, I don't think anybody can beat them uh, at Lambeau field. So, I mean, I, I think you're going to see, you know, and I, I would think that Aaron Rodgers wants to finish this out. He's having his best season in a decade. Uh, to me, he's the league MVP. And yes. if you're the league MVP, you know, you kind of want to sit at home at Lambeau field and in green Bay and, you know, watch the wild card weekend. Well, and, and Baldy, there is obviously still a lot to be sorted out on both sides with the playoff yeah, picture. Sure. Staying in the NFC, one of the teams that will still be pushing at least for that first overall seed, but but which does now have a division title in their back pocket. The Seattle Seahawks, um, kind of an ugly game with the Rams, uh, nip and tuck. No one ever putting a lot of points on the board. A bit of a backyard brawl. Jamal Adams, though, boy, he covers a lot of ground going from the right side of the field to the left side of the field to make a tackle that kind of cemented uh, this NFC West title for them and and their victory over the Rams. We talked about him at the beginning of the year and and how to quantify him and where he shows up the most, and he doesn't maybe make as many plays on the ball 40 yards downfield as you might like, but, boy, he does a lot of stuff. Well, he, he helped – to win the division title. You know, last year, Seattle came up about six inches short against San Francisco to yes. win the division. And this year, uh, Jamal Adams, with just an all-out effort play, chasing Henderson down from behind, you know, kept him out of the end zone uh, there. And then they had a goal line stand, and Jamal stopped, uh, you know, Malcolm Brown from going into the end zone. I mean, he made two game-changing stops at the goal line. But, you know, he's they have really figured out – and and, you know – there's a lot of lazy commentary out there, Jason, about football. People look at stats about Seattle and say they're a bad defense. They're not a bad defense. They, in fact, they're anything but that right now. I, I think they're – you keep the Rams out of the end zone yeah. for four quarters. I mean, that's saying something when the division's on the line. They played a great game. They played a great game against a, a quality offense and a, a quality team. Um, they, they have f- really figured out. Jamal Adams' role. I mean, he's he's a dime, he's a linebacker that can move around, that they move, you know, when they have to against spread looks or whatever. He was fine at covering, you know, Higby the other day or covering slot receivers. They weren't complete passes on him. They've broken in a rookie in Jordan Brooks. Um, you know, they've gotten a little bit of health back on the defensive line. Uh, they've figured out how to play KJ Wright, Bobby Wagner, Jamal Adams. And the rookie Jordan Brooks yeah, all together. And they, they've got a scheme now that they all play. And they all know their roles. And that's so important to know what your role is within the defense. K.J. Wright, for the last 10 years, has been off the law, uh, 
you know, off the ball linebacker inside next to Bobby Wagner, 50 and 54. They lined up every game together, Super Bowls, postseason, week one, preseason. They were the, and now KJ is an outside linebacker on the defensive line. Brooks has been broken in to take his place. Adams is down the box. Good luck running against him right now. Um, Bobby Wagner is as smart as anybody in this league on defense. You can see him coaching Jordan Brooks as plays are going on. Like he's literally coaching him as the play is happening. So I, 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 I like, it's hard not to admire Pete Carroll. Yeah. Um, he's always believed this and I love his philosophy. I'm going to play my young guys early and they're going to make mistakes and we're probably going to suffer with it, but we're going to, we're going to win late and they're going to be players for us. And when he identifies a Jordan Brooks or, you know, some of these guys, LJ Collier, and he gets them on the field and they start playing for him. Now they're playing. Now, now they're, you know, a real big participant. Not Jordan Brooks was responsible for two of those plays yeah. down the goal line, keeping the Rams out. Well, they are certainly the ascending team in that division. And at various points in time this year, you could have looked at the NFC West and said, maybe it is the best division in football and who's going to come out of it. And Arizona looked like the lead dog for a while. The Rams looked like they might take it over. But boy, both those teams right now, Baldy, really leave me wanting more. They're in perilous situations in terms of the playoffs. And we could be looking at, because Kyler Murray took that hit at the end of the game there and, and he's not quite right, um, we could have John Wolford from Wake Forest and Chris Steverer, most recently of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, <laughs> playing massive roles in deciding which of these franchises gets in the playoffs. So I was looking. I was looking for tape last night, Jason, on John Wolford. Uh, he's the, uh, you know, his uncle is Will Wolford, the, the longtime, you know, left tackle yeah. from Buffalo, and but. You know, I, mean, I couldn't find anything. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I went back. He played a fourth preseason game for the Jets in 2018. Uh, he played the second half of that preseason game, and I just watched him. You know, he's he, he's not quite six feet tall. He's 200 pounds. He, you know, he runs pretty good. But I mean, you know, the Rams need him. You know, to to help them win a football game right now. I'm sure defensively, the Aaron Donald and company are saying we got to score. You know, because offensively yeah. we might not score like we didn't last week. And so, you know, Jalen Ramsey and AD and Darius Williams, like they're probably thinking we got to score and they might, they might be able to. And so, yeah, we could look like a, a bad XFL game to be honest with you on Sunday. Yeah. I don't even know how to handicap that, that game. That is just so bizarre. And so 2020 that that's what we're, we're probably left with to decide who gets in and who does not on the other side of the ledger there in the AFC Baldy. Um, we talked a bit a little at the open of the show about the Steelers and where they are um, and Mike Tomlin using discretion to rest Ben Roethlisberger and a bunch of other key veterans in this game. Um, the Browns still have to win this football game, though, and the Browns all of a sudden um, had a, you know, a, a very unfortunate situation with COVID close contacts last week. They find out 24 hours before the game. We're not going to have any receivers available who've caught a ball all year. I thought they maybe got a little cute in the first half. I, I thought even though they're stacking the box, man, just wear that defense down with your two backs. They did more of that in the second half. It still turned out to be not enough. I do wonder a little bit about the psyche of the Browns trying to slay this dragon, trying to do something that franchise hasn't done in so long, bearing the weight of that city. And now everybody's like, oh, well, you're playing the Steelers JV. That should be a win. I, I'm fascinated to see how this plays out. Well, I mean, you know, Mason Rudolph's that quarterback and Miles Garrett's mm -hmm. on the other side. And, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. We all know how that went the last time they were on the field together. Um, you know, so there's got to be some sort of temperament of, of just, you know, your, your overall psyche right there. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they got to wear the hat, you know, Olivier Vernon and, and, you know, Miles Garrett, I mean, they got to wear the hat right here and make things difficult from, for Mason Rudolph, who really hasn't played this season. Um, you know, but just going back to last week, the Cleveland Browns, you go, okay, well, you got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I mean, there were, Nick Chubb didn't have a running lane the whole day. Now, they had Nick Harris at right guard, and they had Kendall Lamb at left tackle, so two starters were out. But, you know, everybody's minus stars. I mean, Nick Chubb couldn't find a lane to run against the Jets. I mean, they, they stuffed them all game long. And, you know, the turnovers are unforgivable. And, you know, you know, really, to, to Baker's credit, he took all full responsibility for all of it you know, without the receivers. But you would think with three tight ends that have all had a prominent role in the offense this year that they could have done a, a bunch better than they did. And, um, you know, they, so they, they have to they have to make amends for that awful loss. You got you to rebound. And you got to go to, you know, Pittsburgh, and you got you to slay the dragon. I mean, it's just what you got to do. I think they're a playoff team. I think they played well enough to be a playoff team. But if they slip up here, this would be a – It would be a crucial, crucial – step back for what Stefanski looked like he had done all year. Another team that I think is a playoff team that when they're at their best, they could win a shootout with anyone. Um, but because of the AFC and the way this thing is played out, tough, tough ask of the Titans to go up to Lambeau. And, and that went how I thought it would. And the Houston Texans are playing pitiful football right now, Baldy, but they have a great quarterback I'm sure you called J.J. Watt's soliloquy after their um, somewhat gutless performance on defense against the Bengals last week. Crazy things happen in this league. I've been looking at this scenario for a while saying I could just see, despite the Titans controlling their own destiny a month ago, despite them beating the Colts and the Ravens in back-to-back -back weeks and looking like they might be the team to beat, I think this is a tricky little spot with them for the Texans, who almost beat the Colts twice, who are better in that division than outside of that division. I think this may be J.J. Watt's last game with the Texans. I have to think some dudes at least were moved somewhat by what he said this week. Am I crazy to think this could be a weird trap for the Titans? No. No, I mean, you know, this is a division game. You know, when people hear division games and what that means, they play twice a year, they, they do that. But, you know, when you do all of your film study all week, Jason, I mean, you're looking at cut-ups of at least the last four weeks in any game. So all you're seeing are division game opponents for the most yeah. part. So you're seeing the Colts against Tennessee if you're Houston. You're seeing, you know, uh, you know, you're seeing all these. You're seeing Tennessee uh, against Jacksonville. So all you see is Tennessee, and you're seeing what works and what doesn't work. And you're like going, "Wow, you know, look at they, they should have beaten Cleveland. They should have won this game." You know, and so. I, I, you know, just knowing how disappointed Deshaun Watson is by this thing, like that guy competes like nobody's business. And I, I, I think this is a bear trap. Uh, you know, uh, this, this is not going to be uh, an easy Tennessee victory. In fact, I, I can see this thing going the other way. I really can. Uh, you know, look, JJ Watt had to say something. He had to, I mean, he was just so bad. And, uh, you know, it's not fair to Romeo. He's he's too good no. of a coach. Yes. And he should be too respected to have guys. And what Jay's what I think he's really saying between the lines is they're not showing up during the week. Yeah. You know, they're not they're not putting the work in. 
They're not, you know, they're falling asleep in meetings. They're late to the workout. I mean, that's what he's saying. Guys have checked out. Yeah. And he's just going, we got one more week here to, you know, feel good about ourselves and, and be an NFL team and be professionals. When he starts talking about we make a lot of money, make a lot of money, well, earn the money. And it starts really on Monday in preparation. So maybe got their attention. Um, I, I've been in that room before when a guy like that speaks up and he's just speaking from the heart. And so we'll see how they respond. Uh, we'll see how they respond, you know, but I, I, I think Houston's going there to win this game and they're not going to lay down. No, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. I, I, I think that's going to be a tricky little spot for the, for the Titans. Um, the Miami Dolphins miracle win over the Raiders, the face mask heard around the world. Fitz magic. <laughs> you cannot, he's like a vampire. You, you can't keep him in the coffin. Uh, this will be fascinating. Um, I'm kind of thinking of this Miami situation, almost like the Tampa Bay Rays and their starters. You know, a few years back, they started the opener. We're going to take a relief pitcher. We're going to start him. Maybe he goes for one inning. Maybe he goes for two or three. But we've got the bullpen activated just in case. I don't know if if Tua gets a couple of series. I don't know if he gets the first quarter. I don't know if he gets the half before Flores goes to the veteran. Um, and you've got a Bills team there, Baldy, that – I mean, Pittsburgh's not playing anybody, right? They're on the record yeah. saying we're yeah. shutting it down. So they're probably Pittsburgh's not playing to win. Sean McDermott's an Andy Reid disciple. Andy usually takes the rest when it's there. I don't think the Bills starters play more than a half of this game. If that, do you have any feel for how this may play out in Orchard Park with the Dolphins trying to get back in the postseason for the first time in a while? Man, it's is as talented as Josh Allen, as good as Diggs and the whole group have been, and they've been unbelievable. I don't think you could take any chances. I mean, they built this thing up. Like, it's not that big of a deal to them. I'm sure everybody that, whether it's Matt Barkley, whatever, will give it their best shot. But, you know, look, I think Brian Flores has just got the right touch with his quarterbacks. I mean, he doesn't have to be married to anybody. His job is to win games. I don't think he's taken any you know, any uh, calls from Chris Greer or Stephen Ross, the owner, you know, about who to play. I just think he's like, I'm here to win games and I'm not here, you know, quarterbacks, egos get bruised, whatever. I I don't think he cares. Um, I I think that he's just, there was the right call to put uh, Fitzpatrick in there. Um, The play at the end is just, you know, it's just such Raiders football. It's ridiculous. But, but, you know, he made the play, made the play. They won the game. Um, they have found ways just continue to win games. And so, uh, you know, I don't know how Buffalo's going to play it. Uh, I, I wouldn't put Josh Allen out there for a long time. I might start him just to get him, you know, game ready. And I, I think I'd probably pull him pretty pretty quick. As, as, as really bulletproof as he looks to me, like it doesn't look like he can make a mistake. No. It doesn't look like anybody can hurt him. We've all watched football long enough and said, you know, why, why would you do that? And I, th- I think that's where McDermott's at with this. Yeah, I, I, I think he's going to have to play this one pretty conservative to, conservatively as well. Um, well, I know this much, Baldy. We ain't through 2020 yet. I am sure that there will be one or two things that come completely out of nowhere this week that end up having a massive impact on who gets in and who doesn't. We, we, we know enough to know 
that there's something lurking behind the bend that we could have never anticipated. Yeah. And who knows where that manifests itself from, but th there's going to be a twist or turn here at the end. Well, uh, I mean, you know, if you think about just to say the Colts, the Colts play at 425 on Sunday, you know, the Browns, Dolphins, and Ravens all play at one o'clock. Uh, if they all win, the Colts are, you know, scoreboard watching with the Titans. Yes. And, you know, the Colts have to win and four teams have to lose. Now, I mean, I don't know, you know, everybody has predictability stats and everything. I don't know what that is. But we have seen that. We have seen teams that look like they're a shoe-in to win and should win, and they don't. Um, I can remember just from personal experience going down one year when I was with the Colts to New Orleans on Christmas Eve with the Saints had nothing to play for playing John Forcade at quarterback. Wow. And if we win the game, we're in the playoffs. And we can't freaking win the game, you know? And the, the place is who that nation is going crazy. And, like, we, we couldn't win. I remember the year before uh, when I was in Indianapolis, we played Buffalo at 1 o'clock on week 17. We win the game, and we're in the playoffs. And then at 4 o'clock, I don't know, Houston is playing oh, boy. Cleveland, and something happens, and – an upset happens and we're out of the playoffs at seven o'clock, you know? And so that's, you know, you, you wait to the week 17 to try to, you know, to, to get in. And sometimes you've just waited too long and upsets happen all the time. Yeah. It's, it's going to be bonkers. We will all be glued to our seats all the way up until midnight in the East coast. Cause we know that Sunday yeah. nighter is going to have something to say about the final playoff standings. Well, I'm already fired up to start previewing uh, playoff wildcard games with you next week. This has been a blast. As always, thank you, everyone out there, for listening to Baldy's Breakdowns. Again, I'm Jason Lockenfora at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter. He is Brian Baldinger at BaldyNFL on Twitter. We will be back dropping a new episode next Wednesday. As always, you can get this on Spotify, iTunes, um, the Radio.com app, wherever you like to get your podcast. And uh, enjoy the games this weekend, brother. This is this is it, man. This is the preview. This is the prelude to the playoffs right here. And uh, I think we're kind of lucky that we have so much at stake here in week 17. So so much, so many reasons to watch, you know, the one o'clock, four o'clock and, you know, the night game this weekend as a football fan. So we'll be glued to all the action. I'll be in Indianapolis to see if the Colts can find their way into the postseason. But uh, look forward to next week, Jason. Thanks, buddy. Happy Absolutely. New Year. Absolutely. Happy New Year to everyone. We will chat with you guys in 2021.